Hello and welcome to the Heat Unmissables podcast. I'm Boyd Hilton. I'm joined by two extraordinary colleagues. Kay Ribeiro, entertainment editor of Heat magazine. She specialises in soap operas, Britain's next top model. We don't really talk about that anymore because it's finished for the series. <laughs> and kind of craft as well. We haven't talked about your craft. I like, I like to let the listeners in on your life. And you do, you like pottery. That's your new thing, isn't it? She's pottery a is my new thing, yeah. Every Wednesday. I'll give you an update. Every Wednesday, you reenact the scene from Ghost. Yeah, it's pretty magical. Excellent. And Steph Seen is here, executive assistant editor. Um, and uh, I like to do the running joke about your title, the mystery of your title. It doesn't annoy her at no, all. It doesn't, it doesn't annoy in any way. Steph's a super high-powered uh, no. person at Heat Magazine. No. Grand from Mars. No. Uh, she dabbles in photography and pictures and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and makes huge, big decisions, uh, Steph. How are you? None today? of this true, but I'm really well, and you're looking lovely. Oh, can I just say too kind, mm. too kind. Today we've got a cornucopia of treats. We've got um, in the news kind of stuff section. I was going to mention um, Britain's Got Talent because I was thinking I did an interview David Williams over lunch. You know our Russell Tovey lunch special, oh, which yes. is out now. I'm very much enjoying your lunch specials. Good. Um, that's like a 25-minute chat with Russell over lunch. And I did the same thing with David Williams, recorded that last week. It was also about 25 minutes. We talked about Britain's Got Talent going live, which starts on uh, Monday, coming Monday. And uh, we might put that out as a special as well. Ooh. But I was, just talk, I was going to talk briefly about his golden buzzer. Did you watch, did you, did you see The weekend? No, you're both looking at me, both blank-faced. I, I didn't, but is, is Sarah still in it? Sarah. Sarah Simon Cowell's um, choice. Yeah, the golden buzzers go through automatically to the live shows. Okay, come on. You know the format. Then I'm excited about it. Um, so there's that. There's, uh, Steph's going to talk about Riverdale a bit. Okay. <laughs> She's watched it. Yeah, because you remember when we all watched Riverdale yeah. and then we were like, yeah, we're, we're going to binge watch it. Okay. I did do the whole 12 hours. Did I? Sorry, did you guys do it? No. As, no, no. Listen, I've been a bit busy. More. I've been we're making busy. pots. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to mention The Keepers on Netflix, which is like being dubbed the new Making a Murder. Have you seen any of that? No. Yes, I watched quite a lot the, of it. It's been dubbed the new oh. Making a Murder. It's not quite the new Making a Murder. It's different, but it's the incredible. The Always Making a Murder. It's a true crime story on Netflix that now. I'm going to mention right that. And I'm going to mention the uh, Hugh Grant story. Um, then in the, the main body, the what I like to call the meat of the podcast, in the previous and review section... I stayed up to two o'clock, to four o'clock last night watching Twin Peaks. And um, you two have watched it this morning. You're not as hardcore as me. <laughs> it's all... Boy, it, we, oh. like, we need a lot of sleep. Yeah, like, know, if I have I know, less I than eight sleep, hours sleep, I'm like a toddler. Yeah, this is also the Virgin Viewer Stock, because I don't think either of you are really into Twin Peaks, are you? Were you no. No, you didn't watch it when it was... Too young. Too young, too young. Yeah. Well, I thought I'd watched it, but, but then I, I started have, watching no, it. Yeah. Boyd was like, you definitely don't no. know what's going on. So that, but that's the big pop culture event of the week. And the other big pop culture event of the week, The Handmaid's Tale, which starts on Channel <gasps> 4 this Sunday. Hugh, people, a lot of people have been waiting for that a long time, because it was on Hulu in America, like a Netflix equivalent, which you can't get here. And people Hulu? It's called Hulu. We're laughing at the title of the channel. Fantastic name. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, that's their new. That's their new theme tune. Um, we're reviewing the Handmaid's Tale, Pirates of the Caribbean, like oh. number five. Salazar's Revenge. You one. two have seen it. I haven't. This I is a, this is very exciting. The first time you two reviewing something on your own. Mavericks. <laughs> oh, sorry for me. Mavericks just <laughs> enjoying the rest. film together. I might have a nap in that bit. <laughs> uh, and House of Cards season five is almost with us. Starts next. Weirdly. Tuesday on Netflix. No, yeah. I, I don't understand it's that. Weird, isn't it? Such a big show. Why a on a Tuesday? Huge big show. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I think it's Spring Bank Holiday or something. It's, oh, yes, yeah, it's a Bank Holiday yeah, week, it is. week, isn't it? Monday's Bank Half Holiday. Half term or something. So. Maybe. So I think they're right. timing it so that everyone can watch it that week. I don't know. Anyway, House of Cards season five. We're going to review that, and we're going to ask what's just kind of on the back of Pirates of the Caribbean of five. What is the best film franchise of all time? 
There is only one answer, but I'll listen to what you have to say. Let's start with the news. Um, uh, So basically, your Bryn's Got Talent... um, David pressed the gold muzzle for this young lad called Carl Tomlinson on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And it was a deeply moving moment, Steph, because a few years ago, when this guy was 12, he auditioned. Oh, I love a comeback. For BGT, yeah. It's a great comeback story. And of all the people, all the judges, David was the harshest to him, weirdly. Yeah. David, not a harsh and person. And the rest really? of the panelists reminded of this. It was very funny. They were taking the piss out of him for being harsh. Like, they were going, oh, you're really horrible. It's poor 12-year-old boy. He told him he should get singing lessons, basically. Oh. And, the, and the, a few years later, this boy's come back and he did this incredible version of hallelujah it was extraordinary it was brilliant i i got a bit moist around the eyes yeah yeah. Yeah. did did he get singing lessons then is that yeah he he did did. get singing lessons yeah he's also the guy's also been bullied in school it's like yeah it's horrible but he's you know it was a really properly we're not blaming that on david are we the bullying no 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 that's due to to people being horrible basically kids being just horrible as they are kids um kids some kids not you not you lot listening you're lovely no yeah yeah um, so it was just a really, it was incredibly moving golden buzzer. And, I, and in the interview, which we will put out at some point with David, he talked about how, yeah, he was, it's unusual for him because he usually picks eccentric weird acts. Mm. That's his thing with the golden buzzer, to put them straight through. This is the first time he's picked just a singer, just a really good singer. And he was very excited about the whole emotion of it. And yeah. Did he think, oh, actually, I was right. Because was he feeling bad about saying... Being nasty yeah, he didn't. To be around. honest, he didn't remember it. He had okay, no he memory no, of it whatsoever. It, he gave a little bit when they were yeah. saying it. Yeah, and that's the thing I like about BGC. They keep it real. I know people think it's contrived, but he he, he said in, he said he didn't remember it. And on the show, he says he doesn't remember it. So it's not like they pretend that he did remember it, which I think you'd think might happen on some did shows like this. It? He didn't remember it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> We've established he did not remember it. Uh, so that's Brent's got talent. So the the what they call the deliberation show is on this Saturday. Where they where they go through all the people they've put through and they decide which ones are actually make it the forty mm. acts on top of the gold five gold muzzers that make it into the last semi-finals that start on Monday. Sarah's going to wow. win. I'm calling it now. She, well, I don't know. There's the there's the missing people's choir. It was like the most moving thing on Sarah's TV ever. Win. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Listen, if you want to win a bet, put it on Sarah. Okay. Um, so that's happening. And listen out for the David Williams um, thing interview uh, at some point. And now, Steph, you want to talk about Riverdale? What are you going to say about it? Look, I want to talk about Riverdale because I did watch all twelve hours of it. So. As you were both very interested in Riverdale, when we watched it for the Virgin Viewer slot, so into it. What do you think? What What do you guys want to know? What do you guys? What do you do? You want to know who killed the no, Blossom twin? I'm going to go. I'm going to watch it in the end. Yeah, I'm going to watch it too. Hey, should I come did, to your flat? Hold did, on. I'm going to I'm going to totally spoil it now because no. I watched 12 hours of it. You don't so have to I say. Can, can talk no, about it. You can't talk about it on here. No, you, you can't. You don't have to solve. You don't have to just spoil it. You yeah, can you talk about is it. Is it good? Is it satisfying? Does it deal with? No does spoilers. It solve, no spoilers. Oh. Okay. Yeah. In the twelfth episode, <laughs> yeah. right, you find out who who kills him. Right. Okay, it's all very Good. sinister. Good. Okay, and then the thirteenth episode really sets up the next series. You don't uh you don't something really tragic happens in the thirteenth episode. It's very difficult without me spoiling in any but way. If you don't spoil it, don't say it. Yeah, Steph, you're doing very well so far. Okay. This is, this is how it works. Something really <laughs> tragic happens. And you, you remember Hiram? Hiram is yes. the dad who's aware he's in prison for doing something bad. Yeah. Now oh, you, you, don't, meet him. Yeah. you don't meet oh. him. No, you don't oh. meet him, but do you know who he's gonna who's gonna play him? Mark Consuelos. Oh right, because I'd read that and I assumed that that meant you, you met him in the series. No, you didn't no, meet him. No, Husband of Kelly Ripper. Remember yes. Kelly Ripper from Good he's Morning often, America? He's often on um, this morning. What they call it? That show in America? GMA. Good morning, America. No, no, no. Her, you know the Kelly Ripper and so and so, wasn't it? Back in live, the day, live, live with, with yeah. Regis and Kathy. Kathy. Yeah, but Kathy, <laughs> no. What is going no. on? To, sorry, listeners. It used to be live with Regis and Kathy Filbin, didn't it? I'll in give the you the glory history. days. Hold on a okay. Live with Regis and Kathy. This so is an Kathy... American daily talk okay. show. Sorry. Now, now, Kathy is on. 
Kathy and Hoda, okay, and <laughs> Kelly. Now does was then she was with Michael Strahan, and mm. then there was a huge big drama, mm. and now she's not with Michael Strahan. Who is she with now? Ryan Seacrest. And yes, Ryan's the new one. Radio's okay. very own Ryan Seacrest. Okay. But anyway, we're back to Riverdale. That's a diversion. But live, the show, is one of the great American kind of this morning star magazine shows of all time. Carry on. Okay, let's get back to the 12 hours of Riverdale, which I watched for you people. Absolutely. Okay, okay, can I ask a question? And then let's make this all like... Let's wrap it up. (laughs) No. Were you happy with the conclusion? I was very, very happy. Basically, there is... um, There are some um, sexy scenes that happen towards the end. And... There, yeah, basically everything well, you want like to really be sexy because it's kind of a teen, it's, it's a young adult. Sex? Show. I know, I know. But, but that's the thing, Netflix they, do, they break all the rules, don't they? Know, like 13 Reasons Why I was like this. Be- Betty gets, although Betty gets a little bit sexy with oh. Jughead. Oh. Yeah, it's uh, and a Did you see Betty yeah. and Jughead are naked, is that what you're telling me? Uh, in the trailer, yeah, in, in his dad's trailer. In the trailer, not yeah. in the trailer, not in the advert. No, not in the advert, no. <laughs> Actual no need for adverts. I've watched 12 hours of it. Okay, yeah, everything, well. everything gets wrapped up. It's a very tragic bit at the end. Season two is going to be incredible. And basically, the guy who wrote the last episode was saying that season two is going to be Civil War. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Now, I am going to set aside um, a lot of time to watch it. Because I'm I'm on holiday next week. You don't know this, but I'm just going to come over to you to watch it, yeah? I don't know about that. Um, Jim Jams, 12 hours, let's go. We don't want this to be an advert for Netflix or anything, but obviously there's, you know, they do have a lot of content, as we call it, in the trade. But I did, over the weekend, I did watch, because everyone's been going on about it, the new crime documentary series, which is called The Keepers, which is, as I said, people are calling it the new Making a a Murder. It's not not anything to do with Making a Murder. It's not from the same team or anything, but it is a seven-part, pretty epic uh, documentaries about a true crime case, and that what the case is it was is the tragic um, de- murder of a nun who taught <gasps> at a high school, yeah, in uh, in America um, years and years ago, and. What's absolutely brilliant about it is you watch the first episode and it kind of exp- introduces to this character, this lovely nun, all the, all the students, she was very popular with the students. She was really, this is real? This is all real. Yeah, right. This is a documentary series yeah, about this true crime. Um, uh, so she, she taught in a, in a school called the Archbishop Keogh High School um, at, in Baltimore in the late 50s and early, uh, late 60s, early 70s. Everyone loved her. She um, disappeared in the same week as another young woman disappeared, Uh-oh. these two women disappeared, the, f- the other woman was discovered dead, and then about a f- a- a- later on, the nun's body was discovered, murdered oh. as well. And it's remained unsolved to this day. And yet these, these group of women, who used to, some of whom used to be at the school and knew, and knew this nun, and others are just friends of theirs, have established this kind of community. That's why it's called the Keepers, who are keeping like the flame alive of this mystery, this unsolved crime, and have been trying to solve it ever since. And they've got Facebook groups, and they use this massive online network community to try and ca- keep the... And that's, so the documentary is partly about the crime, partly about these women who are keeping the flame alive and are trying to solve it and there's and other people trying to solve it and then in episode two it takes on a whole incredibly dark and distressing turn oh, about God. what happened at this at this school well God. You, I ha- do you know what's so awful as soon as you said yeah none, right I well indeed like, yeah uh-oh. and priests particularly the well, priests that's, I, yeah, but i didn't not, want to say it but yeah. i'm assuming that is the dark so there's this so. element of it but it's Ooh. just it is dark it's 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 kind of you know it's grim grim subject matter was she a nice nun she was a really she was she a genuinely was nice right. nun. that's okay. the kind of great thing about she is a, so we then, are sad she's died oh yeah, yeah t- totally I mean, sad she's died yeah, no, always that, sad definitely the grimness well, it, you know. the grimness is what else happened in the school where she taught she was great and she what she was kind well i don't want to give too much away but what she got was was knew about it was the horrible stuff that was oh going God. on in the school do you know that I mean, she's I know silence. Is, well this is true life but have you seen that film Doubt 
Yes. Oh, that's, that's right. It's, it touches on that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. There's all touches on that kind of stuff. Oh. Yeah. So I just, all I'm saying is it's it's absolute must see if you're on. You watch watch the first episode, you'll be great. Then you watch the second episode, and you're like, oh my god, this is extraordinary. There's one woman who was called Jane Doe, who is this who kind of. She you was know, actually called no, 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 Jane Doe. You know they call them Jane Doe. <laughs> I know, yeah. but you the did anonymous. say she, I know, I did say that. called They're, Jane Doe. I thought, what are the was, chances? She was called Jane Doe. <laughs> what are the chances? She must be real Jane Doe. I'm dying and that? being called Jane Doe. You'd change your name, wouldn't you, if you were called Jane Doe? <laughs> so anyway, they, this incredible woman who was anonymous for years and then now comes forward and testifies openly and, and she's an extraordinary character. Anyway, that is... That sounds great. It is great. Uh, that's The Keepers, which is all, all on Netflix, of course, right now. And finally, other, I want to, other streaming services are available. They are, they no, are. They're not as good. Yeah. And finally, the new, in what I like <laughs> to call really. the news section, have you heard the, the, the news that Huge Grant, Huge Grant is doing a new TV drama, three-part TV drama series? Hold on, boy. Does he play a sort of quirky <laughs> English gentleman? No. Oh, good shock. <laughs> he is playing, He. It's. It, this is a true life crime story as well, he's playing Jeremy Thorpe, who was the first oh. British politician in modern times to stand trial for murder. Remember this? This was in the late 70s. No, he was gay, so he was secretly gay, and he was accused of conspiring to murder his ex-lover, Norman Scott. And 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 this is a three-part drama, and, and the, the credentials of this drama are incredible. So Hugh Grant's He's going to be bumbling. No, it's going to be less... Well, it's going to be, I, I, it could be a bit I, I, bumbling. I him. It's I, very I, posh. I, I, Jeremy <laughs> Thorpe was very posh. That's good. I like you, Grant. I like you, Grant, impression. That's brilliant. He'll be a bit bumbling, yeah. So he plays Jeremy Thorpe. It's written by Russell T. Davis. Oh. Yes. Of Career as oh, Folk, Doctor Who, etc. Cucumber fame. And it's directed by Stephen Frears, the, oh. the great British director of all kinds of brilliant films. Philomena, some of his most famous films. When's this going to be on? When's it's going to be on, I think, later this year. Um, and it's gonna, and uh, for me, like I love Hugh Grant. I won't have a word said against you, Grant. I really? Mean, yeah, the man's a legend. I love him. <laughs> Sounds oh, like Kay's do no got wrong. a word to say. Yeah, do you, you're not a big fan of Hugh? No, I'm just surprised that you're such Why a big fan. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I love him. I mean, I also Are love you friends with him? I only met have him once. Have you touched no. his hand? Met him once, shook his hand once. Yeah, yeah. okay. He was, really, he was nice. I'm not friends with him anyway. So that's exciting, isn't it? It's exciting. But that's proper. That's I thought really, what, what's it called? That. It's called A Very English Scandal. It's going to be on the BBC. Oh. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Perfect timing. Okay. Let's not mess around any longer. No. It's time. Come on, we've whiffled, waffled it's long enough. The, Let's get to that meat. <laughs> Let's get to the meat. Twin Peaks. So, slightly confusingly, we're recording this on Monday, as we have been doing the last couple of weeks. It's going to go out tomorrow, Tuesday. To make that, it sandwich, that entertainment sandwich as fresh yeah. as possible. Yeah. yeah. So, it, it went out live, simulcast with the United States showing. It was on Showtime there, Sky Atlantic, Now TV here, last night at two in the morning, two to four, the two-hour premiere. Now... Originally, they called it two episodes, but Kay's already been annoyed by this because... She looks I am. I tell you why. Can I quickly yeah, interject? Yeah. It's, it's valid annoyance. Boyd said, right, two hours. Can I stay up at 2 a.m.? Which obviously I was like, mm, I'm going to be like asleep for at least five hours by then. Or you can record it, wake up, watch an hour. That's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, Fine, Boydo. You know, I'm here to surf. I'm happy to do that. Woke up, watched 55 minutes of it. Then he, oh, matey boy, comes in, Boyd, and says, oh, yeah, actually, no, those two episodes were just, it was just the first, that was the first episode, those two hours. So yeah, well, I was I'm like, annoyed by that. Not by, not by well, I mean, you, you necessarily, could have watched, but... Could have watched the rest of it, but, you know. Could have done it. Yeah. We'd have to get up yeah. at four o'clock. I yeah. was watching it whilst I was walking to the studio with Boyd down the street. Uh, yeah. That's so agile. He's such a taskmaster. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was on live, if you like, the, the simulcast last night with the, IT, with, the um, with the American showing. So people, Twin Peaks obsessives like me yeah. um, stayed up. You were up. up. I was up, stayed up you till four. You must be tired. Four past four. 
Because they had ads in it. Yeah, it went on oh. to about quarter past four. Yeah, I am quite tired. Yeah, but you know, you, you can't tell, can you? Oh, uh, it's a tradition. Nice. Last week we recorded this post BAFTAs, and I was, I'd had about two hours sleep. I've had more sleep than that, so I'm fine. But it also goes out tonight, Tuesday, mm. is it in its actual kind of regular slot, if you like, on I... Sky Atlantic mm. um, at nine o'clock. So if you you know if you didn't want to stay up, it's also available on on demand, you know, on Sky. Depending, you're looking at me like I'm. Yeah, because I was just thinking. No, no, I was just thinking to myself, where are they going to cut it off? At what point in this two-hour one that we all watched, mm. where are they going to cut it off? Because it didn't seem like a natural. No, there isn't. Then. That's the good point. So it is genuinely, it's a two-hour episode. Yeah. There is no um, natural cut-off point. So it's not cut a one, off at fifty-five not... minutes. That's what I did. I just brutally <laughs> shut it you down. Make your own cut-off point. <laughs> you do, and then they made episodes um, uh, three and four available as well, which I haven't watched yet. Yeah, it's all very exciting. Any Anyway, so Twin Peaks, just to set the scene, because I think, you know, I, I, I consider both of you virgins, though you weren't quite sure whether you watched it or not, because yeah, you didn't know Laura Palmer was. No. Think, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a telltale sign. Yeah, I, I thought I'd watched it, but I think I just read so much about it, and that's why. Yeah, so 27 years ago was when it premiered. On 27? 27 oh, I definitely years didn't ago. watch it. Yeah, I would have been nine. Ago. Right, 27 <laughs> years ago. I was a grown adult. <laughs> That's because I'm old. Um, and it was an incredibly exciting thing. It was this. It was on ABC, so it was on a proper American network television. David Lynch was this huge cult figure by then. You know, he'd kind of made his, fir- his, his first mm. tranche of films. You know, Where was Mulholland Drive? Mulholland Drive was after, but I think okay. Blue Velvet was around this time. Wild Heart came out okay. kind of, I think, between Series 1 and Series 2. And, Ju- and now, June? June? No, June, June. June was a bit. It was soon after. I think maybe after that. God, you literally you're testing me what? on my David yeah, Lynch filmography. Thanks. Sorry, sorry. But what about Twin Peaks? <laughs> yeah. So Twin Peaks. So, so he, he then Mark Frost. It co-created. He co-created Mark Frost, who worked on Hill Street Blues. So Mark Frost was more of a kind of TV drama writer. Mm-hmm. So these two people got together and they they kind of pitched this to ABC Network. They said, "What if you know we created this kind of like mix of soap opera, crime drama, murder mystery, and." Out there, eccentric look at what goes on in a, in a under the surface of a small town in America, kind of like in that blue velvet way. And ABC went, yeah, all right. They delivered, they made effectively a film pilot, a two-hour pilot, the first ever episode of Twin Peaks back in the day, 27 years ago. And ABC was like, oh, this is amazing. This is absolutely brilliant. So ahead of its time. So ahead of its time. Can I give you a stat? Because I looked yeah, this up. That first two-hour pilot got 34.6 million views. Yeah, huge, yeah. Huge. So there was huge anticipation for it, yeah, because it was so unusual. So unusual to get back then. This is before, you know, before HBO, yeah. so before the sponsor and that, to get it's a... It's amazing um, they found a home for it, yeah. really. On, and on a primetime network yeah. as well. It was dealing with a lot of dark themes, you know, dark, th- especially mm. as it went on. Um, so it was a massive, massive pop cultural event. And then it kind of, what happened was, it after about... I think it, I think in the second episode it started to get really weird where they bit this red room where everyone speaks backwards mm. in this odd way was introduced and them dreaming backwards yeah so you know how they do that so in the in this red Christmas room in the Black Lodge this there's a strange realm in in the show where Agent Cooper which mm. Agent Cooper goes with the red curtains those those images everyone's seen in the dwarf in the in the original mm. series with the good flooring with the good flooring the lovely flooring yeah. Um, they, the way they, they, all the characters speak backwards in that, and they actually have to learn the lines backwards, and then they, yeah, then he plays it out in the in the right way, and that gets that I, really weird effect. I thought they were just speaking no. slowly. No, no, but, they, oh, they do. They, I thought I'd just got up so early it's to really watch weird, it. I was yeah. no longer understanding. So that English. peculiar effect—that's how that's achieved. So oh, that goes wow. way back. So, so it was a murder mystery, crime drama, soap with melodrama, with all these eccentric characters and quite a lot of humour as well, kind of like, you know, f- funny stuff going on, with Agent Cooper played by Carl McLaughlin investigating the death of Laura Palmer, a body found in the fictional town of Twin Peaks right at the beginning. 
and what she was like, the prom queen. And on top of that, suddenly, after a couple of episodes, there's this strange, mysterious realm where he visits, that he dreams about, where there's this this evil character called Bob, who's like an evil spirit, who takes over Agent Cooper right at the end of the whole, of the 30th episode, which was the finale, all those years ago, 25 years ago. He ended up in this realm of being taken over by this evil spirit, Bob, and kind of, became this really nasty version of Agent Cooper, which is where this new series kicks off. On paper, sounds like absolute crap. (laughs) But actually, it's really good. Well, I was going to say, so that lengthy explanation by me, I'm trying to set the scene. Yeah. You two, I mean, I I watched it thinking, if you haven't watched any of Twin Peaks, you must have been effing bewildered. But it sounds like you weren't that bewildered. No, that's the thing. Like, I I hadn't watched any of it. And I later on looked at um, everyone's go-to guide Wikipedia. And on paper, I was like, what the hell is this? Baloney, it sounds rubbish. Uh, watched it and I actually really enjoyed it. I thought I thought even if you haven't watched it before and you have a knowledge of it, it's still very enjoyable. It's a bit, as you say, melodramatic, camping parts, a bit crazy, but I it's thoroughly entertaining. Mm-hmm. And it is it, event TV. Did it but but you didn't understand what was going on though, but did you, I guess it didn't. <laughs> no, but like yeah. I mean, I think that's true for real life. Oh yeah, very oh, rarely know what's going on. No, I'm joking. No, but even if you even if you don't know what's going on, I mean, you can figure parts out, can't you? It's not like right. it's completely all of it's bamboozling oh, sitting there. That's interesting. That's good to know. Yeah, that's that's the key thing. Because my feeling was that certainly with the original, you didn't often didn't know what the hell was going on right up until the end. You could watch thirty episodes and you still there's a lot of things you wouldn't necessarily I you know. You can figure out bits. I mean, that first bit with that room, obviously, and they're <laughs> speaking gobbledygook, and I was like, yeah. what the hell is this? But like, yeah, you can't understand that bit. But like, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. Think- but then in this one, Steph. That you know, there's, it spreads out. So there's loads of other things going on as yeah. well. So there is right at the beginning, we kind of reintroduced to 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 that room with the curtains. But then and there's that other room with the yeah. guy who's like. So you remember that bit with yes, the guy who's just changing the light bulbs, and that girl comes in and she's like, "I've got the lattes again. Can I come in?" And he's like, oh, "All right, come in." Well, they're just say, what you mean is so in New York because there's these different settings. This is yeah. completely new, right? So the whole of the original series was pretty much set in the in the small town with the occasional bit where it wasn't. This branches out. So there's a set, there's a there's a whole there's a subplot in New York where there's this young guy, this young lad, is monitoring a glass box. Yeah, and he doesn't know why. He doesn't know why. A billionaire, a mysterious billionaire, is paying him to monitor. It's guarded by a security guard outside. This girl's trying to get in to see what's going on, but he, all he's doing is monitoring this glass box, waiting to, for something to occur and to arrive. Now, brilliantly, this seems to be a kind of play on us. Twin Peaks fans waiting for Twin Peaks to back, come back all this time after 25, 20, 27 years. And, you know, we're literally sitting there watching our TV boxes. I thought that was a, you know, a kind that of so yeah, analogy to that. Then this, the girl comes in, because yeah. the security girl goes missing. They start having sex. And then they, and spoiler alert. Yeah, it's yeah a spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. Are we allowed to say spoiler alert? Well, yeah. The, the thing, something happens with the box. Let's yeah. just say that. Something that happens with the, with the box, box. Which is extraordinary. I thought yeah. it was a brilliantly powerful it's, moment. It, I jumped. Yeah. So then there's that, that setting. There's a brief Las Vegas bit, which 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 I presume will be fleshed out much more. And then there's this whole other setting um, where there's a, a murder that's discovered where the police that are investigating. And the guy from Scream. Yeah, the guy from Scream, who always plays that kind of quite scary, yeah. weird... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, he's he been accused of doing it, and yeah. he says he kind of dreamt of doing it, which is the thing that happened in the original Twin Peaks as well. well. That's the thing about this, isn't it? I suppose if you haven't watched any of it before, like Kay and I haven't, it, it's sort of unclear when you're in a different realm as well, so you're not sure what the time 
yeah. the time you're on watching it. Does that make sense? So yes. Like, you don't know, because that New York thing might not be now. You don't know, because there is no difference, really. Oh, and also, the, 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 um, Laura Palmer, who reappears, yeah, she reappears in the Red, in the Red Room, says, keeps saying, is this the past or is it the present? That's, that's Which is every, a big thing. Well, everybody yeah. keeps saying that. Maybe yeah. the second hour is the confusing hour, a particularly confusing hour. It does oh, get more. Oh, OK. So, it does uh, 55 get more. minutes, right? So I was like, OK. Yeah, yeah. yeah seems fine. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy, the, the guy they, they all keep saying, in the Red Room, towards the end, all they say is, is this the future or is this the past? But in the, is this the future or is this the past way, don't they? <laughs> yeah, Great voices. exactly. Yeah. Have all the people, all the women particularly in Twin Peaks, been lobotomised? They're really no, why do you say that? Well, oh. like, you know... Um, yeah, very <laughs> rude. Uh, the, no, you had the sheriff's secretary. Do you remember? Yeah. In the beginning, she was really Yeah, they're all, they're all eccentric. And then, Trace, and then Tracy, the girl who goes into... who has sex with the guy in the room, also is quite stupid as well. Is that, a, is that a thing about Twin Peaks? Or is it just like... Well, it's interesting that you talk about the women, because I did think... I, I worried slightly about... There's... there's against spoiler violent there's quite harsh violence towards the women I don't know if you saw or, or no, how much of the violence no that okay there, there's the obviously the yeah, there's a quite horrendous, isn't there? Yeah. Steph Vance, which I know shocked. I was I was watching you watching it, and you were highly disturbed. Yeah. Um, and the, and in a way, you're right. There are the female characters are not exactly fully three-dimensional and fleshed not, out. Yeah, they're not fleshed out, the that's what I was going to yeah, say. They're not, so are they? They're not. I mean, that, is a, that could be considered to be a flaw well, in the show. Yeah, they just, they're just devices to show what the yeah. men's personalities are yeah, like, really. That's true. But you do see, like, the log lady is there back, which was a key character, and that, that actress, sadly, is now no longer with us, and it was quite sad watching her. But it's really moving and sweet watching her yeah. talking uh, it, it, on the show. Um and it's kind of, an in, in the end, I thought, I was worried about it as a fan. And then I thought it was kind of incredible that it, it gave you as a fan all the original settings and kind of a little mm. bit of, of some of the original characters. And it gave you so much more. And I'm fascinated by the glass box thing in New York. Yeah. I'm intrigued by the murder. Oh, Matthew guys, Lillard's the guy from know, Scream. You he know was, the murder? Yeah. Right, you know, we didn't say that we won't give too much away, but like the police are investigating it and they open, and they open something and they yeah. find a, a piece of evidence... I thought that looked like a bit of bacon. Yeah, it did, yeah, yeah. Didn't it? Yeah. I was like, mm, yeah. it was is, a... That, is that a human body part or is it a bit of bacon? Well, who knows, yeah. I mean, it was it was part of the mystery, yeah. Do you know what? Because we've been watching American Gods, I have to say, I got, oh. and that's got lots of sort of different Good realms point. as well. I was kind of like, oh, this is... I'm ready for this. Well, now, absolutely. Actually. What is incredible? You, you watch this, I was, and I was thinking that, yeah, because you've got American Gods and Legion, the two really mm. weird sci-fi fantasy things of the year so far, and I, and I think and the influence of the Twin Peaks on those, yeah, you that's know, what either I consciously or subconsciously, has been huge. I think, mm. and that, but I think this is, I think Twin Peaks is already outdoing them in terms of weirdness because just. You know the, the extended scenes of weirdness in the in what? the so something in, in the so, red room. Something in the second half is more weird than in American Gods when the woman sucks up the man. Yeah, you need to watch her the lady part. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's not as. Um, yeah, because in a way, the sucking up the, the man in the lady parts woman, that goddess of love character, <laughs> that you can kind of, if, pardon the word, digest that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Your brain can, you can compute yeah, that. You, yeah, yeah. Whereas there's stuff that happens in Twin Peaks that does not so compute. So completely okay. outlandish yeah. and surreal. That's, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, that's I the agree. thing. Boyd, if, like... like there's a watching... thing, let me just say this very yeah. quickly. The, the one in, in the Red Room, in the Black Lodge, the character that used to be kind of uh, manifested in the dwarf is now this thing <laughs> spoiler alert mm. it's basically this kind of tree with a oh, brain type thing on it the arm yeah the arm are we allowed to say it's that called the arm yeah well I mean it's spoiler I said spoiler alert yeah. I feel it. so I mean that well, as soon as you get this thing this tree with the when whatever it is the, this blob the blob with the yeah. pulsating pulsating blob twigs yeah and, and it's yeah. the arm yeah 
Which I, I mean, think, which I just said to Boyd, Boyd, that's the light. That must be something to do why he keeps changing the lights because the blob looks a bit like a light bulb. It could be. It, I don't know. It's like, have you seen a razor head? Which was David Lynch oh, first. Oh, yeah. It's like something yeah, out of that. I, I, you know, in, in my um, late night giddy kind of tiredness, <laughs> I tweeted that I thought the, it was almost like a summation of what, everything he's ever done and some smart ass. <laughs> Ewan, this guy called Ewan, he was in the office, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He tweeted me saying, oh, yeah, it was like June and the straight story. This is all these, 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 um, um, films that David Lynch made and obviously he's saying it's not like all of them I was exaggerating right, smart exactly but there is bits of a razor head in it there's bits there, I mean in a way there are bits of June in it because there's lots of psychic people talking to each other yeah. but I, I just thought it was incredible and the, what, the thing is David Lynch hasn't done a proper film since Inland Empire which was an unbelievable bore fest I thought have you ever oh. seen Inland Empire no, and it didn't look that nice it was shot on video this to me is an incredible return to the David Lynch genius we knew, we knew and loved because it looks incredible. Yeah, maybe have the special effects caught up with his imagination, do you think, now? So oh, before, yeah. so he wanted to do all these surreal, crazy things yeah. because I haven't watched it before. Now, do you think it's even better because the visual effects are so astounding? Partly, yeah. Because part, I think problem, one of the things about the original, it was very, it was almost kind of interestingly quaint about it was that right. it, visually it was quite basic because they didn't have a huge budget yeah. to do whatever the hell they wanted. They didn't have CG on all that. So yeah. this is now, this is Twin Peaks with a budget and for Showtime, which encourages nudity, violence, and swearing. And there is quite a lot of that, because in the original, they couldn't do any of that, because it was on ABC. Oh, well, anyway, go. maybe if we witted on to... I could see... I always get the Kay, like, you know, the, the alert when she thinks we need to wrap something out, when she literally gives you that There's death no alert. Look. Listen, just the my... death stare. No, it's not a death stare. Um, <laughs> my last question about this, though, was, like... I mean, we could talk about it all night, obviously. Of course, and I'm sure listeners would be really night. into that. <laughs> um, but uh, sarcastic. If, if I we, know. If we, like, for people who haven't yes, seen the original, how can, how can we watch it? Oh, it's it's all on, well, it's on DVD and Blu-ray and it's and it was all on Sky box sets and now TV box sets. I assume it still is. I hope it still is, yeah. Oh, cool. I mean, it's only 30 hours of it to get through before you are. Uh, yeah. But I don't think, I kind Twice. of don't think you need to. I mean, this is the whole point of the Virgin Viewer slot. You two have picked it up. You don't, you don't remember yeah, the no, original. Yeah, but not everyone has you. I was asking you questions. You as were. I was watching. But also, it's not like a must. It's that I want to now because I'm right. like intrigued oh, okay. by Interesting, it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think via osmosis, you almost kind of, you let it I let feel it like flow you actually, I don't need to now, actually. Good. I feel like so are you going to watch it? Are you going to watch it like you said you'd watch Riverdale? Or, oh, God, or here not. we go again. The Riverdale <laughs> stick she's beating us with. How many stars would you give it, Steph? I, well, I thought it was thoroughly enjoyable. I'm going to give it four stars. Okay. It's a four from me. It's five from me. Oh. Very excited. I can't wait to watch three and four. Ooh. Twin Peaks, Sky Atlantic, Now TV is in its kind of, you know, slot for people who aren't weird enough to stay up to two in the morning. It's on tonight, Tuesday, if you're listening to this when the podcast comes out, <laughs> on Sky Atlantic at nine o'clock. Let's move on to The Handmaid's Tale, oh. which is on Hulu, which Kay thought was a hysterical Hulu. title for a, a, a streaming service. This is in America. It is a rival to Netflix, but it's not available here. I think they have plans to make it available here, like Netflix. I want Hulu so, to go big here. Yeah, so a lot of people, a lot of other channels buy, acquire stuff from Hulu because they make their own shows mm. like Netflix. It's, it's not as many. It's not as, uh, uh, but this is in America. This is seen as right. Finally, Hulu, 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 <laughs> Hulu. Finally, Hulu have got has given great. us a great, award-worthy, yeah. very popular, hugely talked about series, The Handmaid's Tale, based on a book by Margaret Atwood. Have you read the novel? I haven't. Steph? But you know what's really annoying is that it was actually on my list to read, and now I feel like I can't read it because I've watched this first episode. No, read it. I'm going to read it. Yeah, read it. It's yeah. actually made me want to read oh, it. Good, that, that's yeah. good. Mm. Who wants to explain the premise of The Handmaid's Tale? I will Because I feel happily... like I've been droned okay, on so will... long about Twin Peaks. I will happily do that. As Boyd says, based on the book, The Handmaid's Tale, it is a 1985 dystopian novel, okay? So basically, 
what happens in this, it's got the great and wonderful and brilliant Elizabeth Moss in. Okay, so we're now living in a world where there is a plague of infertility that has infested. And there's only a few fertile women and they are called the handmaids. And if you want to reproduce, you have to have a handmaid come and live with you in your house. And they all wear this kind of red garb with sort of a white what is it how would you call it a hat or a yeah, visor it's like a dog cone upside yeah. down yeah it's a bit like a nun, nun's outfit isn't yeah. it in a way and they all, they all they're no? all okay. very yeah it's a bit like it Thanks. is a bit like a nun's outfit shaking her head. and so very rich people can have these handmaids and everybody has very specific roles in the household so it it's, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's weird, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's a really dystopian, weird. it's a dystopian. As I said, it's a dystopian <laughs> novel. Alternative. It's, it's, it, the place is called Gilead. It's a version of the United States. So it's like, imagine the United States in this kind of run by a fascist regime, basically, where yeah. these women Ooh, who, who have... think about that? Hmm. Well, indeed, this, the whole, the whole, indeed this, I think this is part of why people are so excited about it, because it is like, well, if, if we let Donald Trump-style fascists, this is me editorialising slightly, uh, who's going to stop me, though? I mean, no, no one. Go for uh, it, Boyd, if it's... You know, this is like the almost like saying, well, if it really goes as far as probably the people in power would like it to go and say, you know, that, that women, due to various environmental reasons as well, of mm. course, and the reproductive women who can reproduce are, 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 are hot currency, effectively. This is what happens. They're enslaved, aren't they? These women are enslaved by these. It's, it's very, it's quite grim. I mean, we're talking about the grimness of um, Twin Peaks a bit. This is No, this is deeply unsettling grim, and right. quite grotesque in parts. <laughs> Yeah. Like, but not, but not off-putting. It didn't. Right. Put, it, I wasn't switching off because of it. It just, it, it really makes you think of like this horrendous mm. possibility. You know, as you say, all the women's rights have been taken away. They're enslaved, just used, you know, to have sex with. Can we just talk about this scene? <laughs> could we? Could we just say that before well, this? They had the women in this did, had existed in a world before where they were completely mm. free. This is this yeah. Is, so there are flashbacks yeah, to their previous it, life when it was when everything exactly. was all right. They weren't born Ish. into this time, yeah. so no, they have absolutely. all yeah, experienced yeah. a level of uh, yeah. this level of freedom. As they ha- a lot of them already have their own children. Right, and in fact, the opening scene of the of the series is Elizabeth Smith's character getting split up from her husband, played by Ot Fag Bingley, and her child. And it's that's really distressing. Then she's kind of yeah. taken and forced into this world, isn't, isn't she? Yeah. yeah but sorry, Kate. You want to talk about a particular scene? I've got a feeling oh, it's yeah, going to be really scene? gross. <laughs> no, it's not. It's um, so Elizabeth Moss's character is Offred, and called because it's literally Offred, the captain who yeah. she has to um, have sex with. Yeah. And in this particular scene, <gasps> it's so weird because she she has to have sex with the captain while his wife is there. Joseph both, Fiennes. Yeah, Joseph played by Joseph yeah. Fiennes. Yeah. Very odd. Yeah. But not only that, she has to nestle between his wife's his wife's legs while he is essentially having sex with her yeah. while he is staring at his wife. Yeah. So it's become like because the idea is that the, the sex the sex act when it's just to reproduce when you've got the handmaid to reproduce mm. is become this kind of it's um, a ceremony, isn't it's it? It's a ceremony. Okay. Yeah. To, to kind of de-sexualize it, I guess, yeah. is the theory. It's, yeah. it's such an odd Absolutely. scene to watch, totally. especially afterwards because the the wife is the yeah. one who has the cigarette. Absolutely. Probably. And there's another really horrible scene oh. where all the all the handmaids gather at and the they, they beat up the. That was so disturbing. But what was really interesting about that, and you'll obviously all watch this because we're going to recommend that you do. But basically, at the there's a scene at the end where a guy's accused of raping a handmaid, Mm. and um, that great woman from the Leftovers, whose name escapes me now, which was really annoying. She plays a very sinister character in the Leftovers. She kind of says, "Well, it's up to you. Gather round this man," and they all gather round. And then Elizabeth Moss's character goes completely ballistic. But you know that it's not really at this 
this guy. It's just all of these mm. handmaids, all of their frustrations that they're actually not allowed. Well, to... yeah, it's the effect of yeah. the, of the fascist regime, isn't it? It yeah. also shows you that you get you buy into the the awfulness of the regime, and you just mm. end up playing by the rules and doing horrendous stuff. Yeah, I think it's I think it's. It's, it's, that's what it's saying. It's hard to watch in places, but it's a, it, it's a must-watch, I Totally. Say. I mean, we took... Because it's funny, isn't it? We reviewed Broken last week, and yeah. that was grim, but I think we, we made the point that it was so good that you have to watch it. I have the same feeling about yeah, this. This is even grimmer. This mm. is even more un... It's like there's hardly... Now, the saving grace here is it's your it's her narration, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, See, I thought that was fantastic Very clever. Because yeah. I have read the novel. So the novel oh, is, yeah. is, is her narrating it. And you've got that internal model where all her freedom, the only freedom she's got is to, in her mind express what she thinks about all these things that are happening so she's being very harsh in a moment when you hear her internal monologue whilst we see her playing by all the rules and following the horrible rules of this horrendous society I thought that was the, the master stroke the voiceovers, the, the voiceovers were brilliant yeah. Yeah, and yeah. how does it compare to the book well to be honest I don't remember I read the book, I read the book so long ago mm. it must have been 15 years ago I don't really remember much about it. I just remember the setting and, and that, that internal monologue and all of that. It feels like, I think they've changed quite a lot. They've updated it a lot. So it feels, mm. you know, it's like this is, like the flashbacks is kind of what, what it would be like now, aren't they? And then they are. Yeah, they're not in the 19, future. No. Yeah, they're not. I, think, I just think it's captured the real, the kind of, the, the absolute essence of the book, which is the dangers of, of fascism. But do you know what I find so strange? I'm just going to say. And patriarchal Elizabeth, society. Elizabeth Moss, who yeah. I just find, is, yeah, it's just, brilliant. Just, I can just watch, she's so unbelievably watchable and Top of the Lake. Actually, when's Top of the Lake 2 coming out? Coming soon. Okay. They're screening it while I'm on holiday, unbelievably, mm. yeah. Mm. Furious. Yeah. Anyway, what I find really interesting about it is that she, as a, a very public, Scientologist. I thought I found that really weird while I was watching it because I was like, "Oh, she's a Scientologist, and she's in this, she's in this series about this fascist world." And I just found it really, I just found it really strange yeah. that she was playing. Was she, this but role. she born into Scientology though, or she a convert to Scientology? I think if they're born I, into, it, I, I feel I, 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 I allow it. Please let the Scientologists not start writing to us. Like, no, I mean, right away. Yeah. When they used yeah. to, when we used to do stuff in the magazine about Scientology, you'd get bombarded yeah. with a lot of leaflets. Oh yeah, I think these days they're just not. Not chilled. They just got so. They've got bigger fish to fry, hey, haven't they? The Scientologists have got bigger, bigger opposed. When everyone's making films about them, the front and center, like Louis. They need, they need to watch out for Leah Remini, as I've told you before. <laughs> it's true. So the Handmaid's Tale. Um, it How starts. Many stars? Uh, let me just say it starts on um, Sunday on Channel Four at nine o'clock, Sunday the twenty eighth of May. How many stars? Indeed, I'm I'm straight in there with. It's another five. I mean, it's just there's so much good TV, but this is another brilliantly made mm. kind of. Incredibly thought-provoking yeah. thing, isn't it? With Elizabeth Moss, yeah. well, what do you want? And actually, we should just say as well, it's beautifully filmed, beautiful yeah. light, and it's gorgeous. I effectively did just say that. Oh, did you? Idea. Sorry, I'm. So I'm giving it four stars for anyone's interested. I oh, I am interested. I'm going to give it four and a half. Okay. Do you think my star ratings are too high? Is that what you're saying? I'm too easily pleased. You are too easily pleased, but that's okay. Well, we'll find out how easily pleased you are. What a horrendous link this is. Because <laughs> I won't have a star rating because I haven't seen Pirates of the Caribbean colon Sal well. Salazar's Revenge. You will just have to rely what? on our knowledge. Can I just say, in, I think this title is only happening in this country, yeah. I think. Yeah. America's got another title. Got another title. title. Yeah. What? I mean... Well, who cares who Salazar is for a start? Oh, oh well, okay. Do we? Okay. So you this will is a, if you watch it. This day. is big, obviously this is the fifth, I believe, Pirates film, isn't it? Is that right? Am I right? This I think is I'm the right. fifth one. Some say, some people are already saying it's too many, but they're wrong. Opening well, I'm, oh, Australian. Opening in cinemas on Friday. K. What the hell? Oh, well, she's shaking her head. You've got to, you've got to establish a premise at some point. No. What's your excuse? Oh, well, How many is... hours of sleep did you have? <laughs> No, I just know that Steph will do it justice. Mm. Go on, Steph, take oh, it away. That's the sound of the buck being passed. The pirate's I buck. Re I receive the buck. 
And here I go. Okay, so the reason it's called Salazar's Revenge is because Javier Bardem is Salazar. Ah. Okay, so what I'm do loving we your find? voices today. Okay, we find basically. Javier Bardem as Salazar is an undead pirate who wants his revenge on, of course, Jack, Jack Sparrow. So, where's Jack? He's obviously drunk somewhere trying to steal a load of treasure. And he's got a really, like, tiny little crew left of pe- people who are... Uh, this is Johnny Depp's. Johnny Depp. Yeah. Apologies. Like that, uh, Johnny Depp. Um, and he's got this tiny little crew left of people and he's basically, he's just, as he always is, he's just ended up being a bit washed up and drunk. And then we're also introduced to now. Let me say her name correctly, Kaya Scodelario. Kaya Scodelario. Yes. Uh, so yeah. Skins. So she's she basically is. Uh, she plays Karina, and she's just this clever science woman who everyone thinks is a witch, but she's not. So the main premise of it is is that uh, they are looking for. Poseidon's trident, okay? Mm. Poseidon's trident is this um, magical trident which will break all the curses in the sea. So everybody's after this. Johnny Depp's after it. Kaya Scodelario. She's after it. And also, (laughs) crucially... Salazar after it because he would like to (laughs) because he wants to break his curse okay but hold on sorry I've missed the most crucial bit I'm very sorry basically (laughs) Orlando Bloom's character is as you know from the end of the fourth film oh yeah he is he's at the bottom of the sea in a curse and his son wants to break the curse so he wants to sign Fine, oh, he's Friday. a big new character, Henry, played by yeah, uh, Brenton Thwaites. Okay. Sorry, that was terrible. That no, was, no, that was no. very confusing. Oh, everybody's after Poseidon's Trident. But, but it's one of the things about the Pirates films, for me, like down the years, is they are really densely layered and quite long. Like, I think one of like them, three or four. Yeah, well, <laughs> I went for about two and a half hours and there was like about eight different subplots all coming together. I is it like feel, that? No, I didn't no? feel like okay. it was too long. No, I thought it was... I think well, this is short. Right this length. is 129 minutes. So factually, I was correct. Yeah, yeah. So you, did you enjoy it, Kay? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Like, I... Really good. Had you seen? Well, the pre- no, no. I mean, I just because everyone you know slags off the franchise, don't they? Like, oh, it's gone on too long. Had you seen previous ones? Yeah, okay. but like, I hadn't seen the last one. All right. But um, I thought it was very good, very funny. Uh, like everyone talks about this set piece at the beginning involving uh, with a safe um, and Johnny Depp and everything. And uh, I mean, it was it was kind of funny. But actually, for me, the humor came through the dialogue with Jack Sparrow. It's just it was a, it seemed a funny script, and I thought Kaya, who I like to call Kaya. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just because it's my name, um, I thought she was. I thought she was really good, and um, I thought she was a great addition. Oh, see, oh. I thought the. I actually thought the opposite. <gasps> I thought I have to say I thought that the Karina and Tom characters they had a really good opportunity here to make some real quirky additions. I just didn't feel they did that. They just oh. felt to me a bit like a weaker Orlando and Kira. <gasps> I I, saw, I, did, I really did think that I thought this could be these could be great and I didn't think I didn't think they were nearly enough I thought they could just they, they just had a little bit more oomph about them I didn't think they used her to the I best of she, her ability I think she had oomph no nowhere near compared to when you when you go back to a dead man's chest and you think about how how feisty Kira's character is all the way through I just oh well Charles Gant in the official heat review I says didn't... our own Kaya Scodelario rather ill used in the Maze Runner films makes her mark as the smartest person in the room you disagree I, I disagree I disagree okay. I, as, for a Pirates franchise I do I disagree you're a fan do, of the Pirates franchise I love the Pirates you franchise you love the Pirates but franchise I tell you why it might be for me because I just thought Javier Bardem 
absolutely. This is Javier Bardem's film. Mm. He, he completely owned this film. As you know, he's an incredible, probably, I think, one of the greatest Bond villains of all time. And he, yeah, he as a villain in this, my in Skyfall, God, he was brilliant in Skyfall. He is yeah. so amazing. He gives good baddies. He does give good baddies, yeah. In, uh, in the country of old men. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Country, is that what that film no, was called? No, no country, country for old men. No in the country, country for old men, men, as I've renamed it. No country for old men. <laughs> but he's in tired. this, he's I, think, I, I think this is Javier Bardem's film. Wow. Completely and utterly. Okay. I agree. He, he is the star of the show. So you so you both really liked it. That's, I really that's liked it. Yeah. It's just fun, action packed. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny Depp was great. Excellent. How many stars would you give it? Steph. I'm going to give it, I'd give it four. I think if you love the Pirates franchise, you'll like it. But I like it, I heard a lot of people coming out there going, oh, it's just another Pirates film. But if you like Pirates franchise, then it's perfect. Mm, okay. I'm giving it 3.5. 3.5? Yeah. That's, you know, that's a recommendation. It is. <laughs> of sorts. Of sorts. Uh, I might check it out. I do like uh, Javier Bardem, and I'm a very big fan of Kaisuke Delorio, who's brilliant in Skins. Yeah, I, I, I just think, I think she was underused in this film. Okay, fair Sorry. enough. Finally... House of Cards season five. <gasps> it's a huge. It's the original Netflix thing, really. It was the thing that established Netflix, wasn't it, as a home of quality drama. Uh, Kevin Spacey, of course, starring uh, starring as now the president. Um, the Robin Wright, the Underwoods back. Robin Wright as the first lady. These dastardly scheming, um, horrendously manipulative couple. Incredibly entertaining. They're now we're now right as season five starts. We're right in the middle of an election, aren't we? Yeah. So um, this week's entertainment, everything's like a real Trump fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's an, we should say there's an astonishing number of shows like Scandal. Mm. Um, uh, homeland, all dealing yeah. with elections of presidents and stuff like that, all a bit similar to the situation with Trump. And um, he's kind of fighting this election against Will Colmway, Governor Will Colmway, played by Joel Kinnaman. So this was what happening at the end of the last season, wasn't it? We're yeah. now right back in the middle but of it. But they had to make friends, really, because there was the, yeah. the, the terrorist that was on the loose. The so. terrorist on the loose is the guy who, who on public executed, publicly executed yeah. an innocent man, kind of which was which was everyone saw. And as this season starts, there's this great scene in the, in the beginning where Frank kind of invades mm. the House of Representatives or, or Congress or whatever the hell it is and tells them all it's time to declare war on what they call in the show ICO which yeah. basically means ISIS <laughs> it's really yeah. funny they call it ICO it's these, their version which of the Islamic State friendly. I know yeah, it's, it's weird not. isn't it it's like yeah. Tycho it's yeah, I don't know why they do that, yeah. that for me that is, a, that is a stupid thing and so he's already got, kind of going bonkers he's already more Trump-esque I think yeah. in that moment isn't he because he goes completely bonkers to, and they're all like you can't do this this is unprecedented it was uh, friendly ridiculous oh, Oh, okay, well, straight in there with ridiculous, Kay. Oh, You've used the R word. Oh, sorry. So, oh, first of all, how how entrenched are you in the House of Cards? I'm not. Oh, no. See, oh, no. It's it's one that everyone always tells me you'd love it, you'd love it, because you know how much I love the West Wing. Oh my. Yeah. And so, like, so this was my first taste wow. of it. Wow, it's like, another Virgin Vera slot for you. Mm, yeah. Okay. Let I, me. Uh, knowing you very well as I do, you are going to love it. You would. You need to go. Take two weeks off and watch the whole thing. I'm going now. But you've already found it ridiculous. <laughs> no, no. Oh, God, I, just no. that bit, that scene. Just that okay. scene, yeah. It is because bit, yeah. the thought of him just, you know, well, I, we don't want to ruin it, but like that first scene where mm. he storms yeah. in and everything that happens, I just, I found it a little far-fetched. Okay. But then, listen, we were living in a world where Trump's in you know, exactly. charge, so actually maybe this is going on behind the scenes. And what did you think, in general, what did you think of the whole of that first episode? So we're, obviously 13 episodes are going to drop, by the way, next week on the 30th, about, and you watched the first one, I've watched the first two. What did you think generally of the whole thing? Does it make you want to watch more? Yeah, it does. It, it makes me, as someone, as you say, the Virgin Views lot, I want to watch it from the beginning. But yeah, it is, it's entertaining. Okay, uh, fully on. Uh, you know, feel you're not fully on board, but that's fine. You know, you're allowed to not be fully on board with House of Cards. 
I am I'm fully entrenched in the Underwood, so I love it. I thought it was a great opening. I think they had to open with something really, really big as well, because also, if you remember what we left a season four in, it was like he can do this now because what he's trying to rouse everyone, because they've had this awful, this awful public beheading. And yeah. so he's basically saying we, uh, if you remember, he's like, we are the terror. They do. And actually, do you know what? I'm going to take back something I said because I remember when I talked about I didn't like the breaking of the fourth wall. Yes, I, I was realized, going to ask you about that. I realised, actually... I, this is the show. I, this he is talks the to show. camera all the way through. Yeah, but it's it's used sparingly and it's to great effect. Yes. And, I, I mean, God, you love who doesn't love the Underwoods? They're so amazingly villainous. And yeah. Robin Wright Penn. Oh, oh, love her. She, she is phenomenal, yeah. Is I agree. Phenomenal she's the, the, she's the I think I love Spacey. Yeah. His accent slightly annoys me. He's got a very southern drawl in it, which I feel slightly I don't feel I always thought before of House of Cards, I don't buy his accent. Oh, I don't agree because you need okay. that for the whole backstory Fine. in like season three. Oh no, I I, I yeah. know why it's there. I know yeah. why he's southern, but I don't I think he I don't think he's got the accent down pat. That's oh, what you I'm think saying. His accent's yeah, like, oh, I think right, it's a okay, flawed. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's Whereas right. Robin Wright is absolutely perfect. Yeah. She's incredible. She's having this brilliant affair with this dude who writes her speeches. It's brilliant. And so what I thought the first episode ends on a fantastic twist yeah. without wanting to give anything no, away about do. the whole terrorism thing yeah. which is incredibly powerful it, and I watched episode two and I just I don't want to no spoilers <gasps> but there's a thing that's they're planting about him that is so interesting and you'll see it you know when you watch it all I'm saying is and it kind of interestingly impacts upon Kevin Spacey himself what you know about him I'm not saying any more yeah that's intriguing you isn't it yeah. I think it's I think it, I love it it's so oh, compelling I can't wait to set aside 13 12 more 11 more hours for me but don't you feel like you just thought the Underwoods are back which is exactly yeah. what they said they were going to deliver and they have they have done delivered five stars from me again I'm giving everything five stars I apologise but there's so much you're the one stuff. who makes the list though. Steph five stars 100% four stars you, you, we'll go back and watch the first series, and we'll. Yeah, we'll, no, yeah, I, yeah. I'm completely uh, aware that yeah. I will love it. We're running out of time because um, we have to finish under now. Otherwise, Kay tells us all yeah. off quite rightly. Everyone's yeah. going to get berated. And so, like my question time. Time for the jingle. Question time. Based on the fact that you've both reviewed the fifth entry in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, I thought I'd ask, what is the best? Film franchise of all time ever for you? Quick, smart, I'm answering. James Bond. Mm. That's mine. Love it. So Always. even though half the James Bond films are a bit crap, I mean, not half, yeah. but quite a few of them I'm, are a bit yeah. crap. Yeah, it's, a, it's okay. a nostalgia thing. It's Fine. a love of the Fine. character. Love it. It's a dedication to Daniel Craig. I do Craig. love the James Bond films, yeah. <laughs> Stephanie Sealand. There's only one answer to this, and it's Star Wars. Of course. Okay. Of course it's Star Wars. Even though, again, like all the, all the prequels no, are terrible. No, Revenge of the Sith is a great <laughs> film and I will not hear anyone else say... Revenge of the Sith is a brilliant film and we yeah. could do a whole podcast on why it is a brilliant film. Okay. I, I, I think both of those are great. I, I, Star Wars is too flawed for me. I only oh. really like... I love Empire Strikes Back and the, and the new one. Um, not the Rogue One, the one, the other one. Force Awakens was brilliant. But I think, I think the others are too flawed. I'm going to go for... Even though this is controversial, right? But one, my favourite film of all time, one of them is Godfather Part 2. Godfather, oh. it's itself is absolute genius. Three is dodgy, but I quite like it. I, I, so oh, it's The Godfather for me because Godfather Part 2 is one of the, is an absolute masterpiece. So is The Godfather, really. And then three, you can cope with the fact that it's not great, but it's still entertaining and funny. I'd, I'd rather watch the Rush Hour franchise than Godfather. Oh, Jesus H. Christ. Yeah, well, have you actually fight, watched The Godfather You're going to have to fight ever? this out. Yeah, of course, of course. But I, What's yeah. your problem with The Godfather? No, I don't... I Godfather don't, hater? No. Kay's wrapping us up. Like you and music. Come There's on, people outside the pod booth, as they say on the Empire fight podcast. outside, guys. Thank you so much to Stephanie Seelan and Kay Ribeiro and <laughs> I'm you, Boyd, Boyd Hilton and we'll be back next week with more news reviews of stuff. Thanks, bye. Bye.